Welcome to Today on Broadway for New Year's Eve, Tuesday, December 31st, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tiamanini. And I'm arts and culture editor Ashley Steves. Ashley, as we talked about uh, on yesterday's show, we are going to do a little bit something different today. Mm -hmm. There's not a ton of news. We've got grosses and one bit of show and casting news. And then we're going to talk about some of our favorite things from this year, both on stage and on screen. Yes. This was harder to narrow down or to come up with enough (laughs) um, to fit into (laughs) these lists. So we will get to that. Um, But first, uh, if you want to end the year on a high note, make sure to go over to broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Join our Patreon uh, group, our family, our support system, uh, and keep Broadway Radio coming to you in 2020. But actually, let's get into the news and let's start with talking about last week's grosses. It was a very good Christmas week for the Broadway, as every show, except for The Inheritance, which I imagine that's a a tough one to get tourists to commit to two mm. shows around the holidays. Like Harry Potter That's is two shows, I but like, yeah. <laughs> but like Harry Potter is Harry Potter. Like tourists right. are going to make time to see that. The inheritance I think is a little more difficult, uh, but all of those shows except for the inheritance saw week to week increases. And we had two new plays join the boards last week as well. The total receipts were up 37% over the previous frame, or roughly $15,120,000. The total gross last week was 55765408 buckaroos, which was actually down from the uh, equivalent week last year. It was down 7%, although there were three more shows running in 2018 hmm. at this yeah. time instead of, of of this week. The Lion King and the Illusionists with their 16 performances, not hyperbole, both gained an extra million dollars from the previous frame, while Frozen was at 935 k extra, and Phantom, Aladdin, Moulin Rouge, and Wicked all picked up more than $800,000. In all, 30 of Broadway's 34 returning shows saw bumps in the six figures. The two new shows to join the, the, uh, the Broadway with previews were a soldier's play from Roundabout, which did 170k in three performances, and Grand Horizons from Second Stage that did 186k in in uh, in just uh, in a full eight week or uh, eight show week. Sorry, I forgot to type eight performances. I just put <laughs> 186k in, in performances, but I knew it was eight, but it took yeah. me a minute. Uh, 186k in eight performances. Um, Eleven Broadway shows did nine performances last week, not including the Illusionist sixteen. So there are actually twelve Broadway shows that did more than the normal eight. However, Hamilton, which did its traditional eight, still was the top grossing show at three million six hundred forty six thousand three yeah, three hundred twenty bucks. The next seven on the grosses ladder all did nine performances. The Lion King did three point four nine million, Wicked did three point two, Moulin Rouge did two point seven, Aladdin did two point four six, Tina was at two point two eight, Frozen at two point one nine, and Beetlejuice at two point one eight. To Kill a Mockingbird did eight shows and grossed two point oh eight million, and Cursed Child obviously doing the even numbered eight performances grossed 2.04 million then phantom did nine performances to come in at 2.04 million and then the aforementioned illusionists did two million three thousand two hundred seventy one dollars in 16 shows the other plays and musicals well all musicals really uh musicals in concert 
uh, concerts uh, that were north of seven figures were Ain't Too Proud, West Side Story, Mean Girls, Town, The Book of Mormon, Dear Evan Hansen, Harry Connick Jr., Celebration of Cole Porter, Come From Away, Jagged Little Pill, Waitress, American Utopia in six performances, Tootsie, and then last and probably least at this point, Chicago pulling in $1 million mm. last week. It actually uh, did $1,056,682. Now, if you were on the Twitter yesterday, you probably saw some articles, posts, press releases about shows breaking certain house records. Those aren't things that we tend to care about here because they don't really mean anything other than the fact that they are charging more money for tickets. Mm. So aside from standing room only, it's not like they're adding more seats right. to these theaters. Um, I'll start caring about these records and their subsequent press releases when a show decides to have two repertory companies rotating so that they can actually do 16 mm. performances every week, or if a show is playing with different casts at multiple houses. Until then, God. take your money for the exorbitantly priced tickets and stop cluttering up my <laughs> inbox. Goodness. That'd be fun to have uh, rotating casts. Yeah, I I'm all for it. Um, I just, oh, okay, hold on. Settle uh, down. We're, we've got breaking news. Oh, boy. We have breaking news. <laughs> oh, from, why? <laughs> from, from People Magazine. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yes. You saw this? Yes. Yeah, so that's uh, what I was thinking it is. Uh, so whoever is outside your window drag racing <laughs> uh, is very excited about the news <laughs> that not only is Michelle Williams pregnant, Michelle Williams, mm -hmm. Dawson Creek, not Destiny's Child, right. but she's engaged to marry one Thomas Kale. Yes, indeed. Very they work shocking. Yeah, they work together on Fosse Verdon. So, um... Did not know they were together. I don't think anyone did, and I'm uh, gonna... I don't know. I'm gonna zip my lips on those things I, I, before I... Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's do, the do, news. Do, 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 do. Breaking news. That's um, the news. Yeah. That's the okay. hot goss. Good for good for them. All right, Ashley, one other bit of news that was actually in the script. Yesterday, Playwrights Horizons announced the casting of the upcoming premiere of the final musical by Michael Friedman to debut in New York called Unknown Soldier, featuring a book and lyrics by Daniel Goldstein. The cast will be led by Margot Siebert, Estelle Parsons, Tom Sesma, Kirsten Anderson, Eric Lochtefeld, and more. The show is currently set to run off-Broadway from February 14th through March 29th. Directed by Trip Coleman, because everything is directed by Trip Coleman, and choreographed by Patrick McCollum, no relation, the show features Ellen or follows Ellen Rabinowitz, played by Siebert, a woman who's inherited her grandmother's home, and with it, a clue that her understanding of her family and of herself are incomplete. Now, Ashley, that's a phenomenal group of people to do any show, but especially for the final work of Michael Friedman's yeah. to to premiere in New York. So I'm excited right. to see how this one does. Absolutely. I mean, uh, this is kind of, you know, it's bittersweet, of course. Yeah. There are a lot of shows that Michael Friedman has done over or did over the past couple decades that I hope actually make it to New York. But as you said, this is the last piece that is premiering in New York. So it's a great cast. It's a great story. I'm sure the music is amazing as always. I, that was one of the, that's the one that's going to be recorded, I believe. Um, but I know they were having, uh, the civilians was kind of 
on the fence of whether they were going to be recording it or not. So I'll be very excited to see it. I'm glad that it's landing at play- playwrights and that everyone in New York gets to see it as long as they come out. Yeah, and this group is fantastic. Um, really interesting to see to see what this one's all about. So, all right, Ashley, that means we are now at the point where we're going to talk about our favorite things that we saw this Yay. year. How do you want to do this? Do you want to save the theater stuff for last, or do you want to lead off with that? Oh, gee. Um, we, should, we should probably save the theater stuff for last, right? Totally, totally cool. Right. Um, let's start Let's start with movies. Do you want to do yeah. movies, then TV, then theater? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, here's I'm my all favorite. About all of it. <laughs> yeah, here's my favorite movies that I've seen this year. Oh boy, <laughs> I, I got nothing. I think I saw like three movies. This <laughs> I was year. gonna okay. say you're not a big. Uh, I used to be movie or TV person these days. I'm not. I used to be, but yeah. I really didn't. I couldn't tell you. I saw uh, Captain Marvel, which was good. Mm. I saw and I saw Endgame, right. which you was see, good. You see the Marvel things. You're the Mar- yeah. you're a Marvel person. Yeah, I I don't remember when Venom was. Was Venom twenty eighteen? I really oh, like that. Um, I saw I saw the I'm Star also, Wars thing. I'm also counting movies that may not have come out this year, but that no. I saw this year. <laughs> That's fine too. I just I didn't see a lot of movies, so I will default. I will uh, if it pleases the chair, I will uh, <laughs> allocate my time to the gentle lady from New York. Sure. Yeah. I mean movies. Uh, easy for me i used to see every movie that was nominated during the awards cycle which was bananas i will probably get back to that point right now uh i saw very few movies as well despite having an amc membership feel like i saw nothing but i'm pretty sure i saw the best three movies of the year which were parasite knives out and midsummer I've thought about Parasite every single day since I saw it, and I think that was about three months ago, <laughs> and went in as a big fan of uh, Bong Joon-ho, especially because of Mother, which she did in 2009, which is just as wild of a ride. Midsummer, I've seen twice, uh, including the director's cut just over this weekend, and Knives Out, which as I mentioned to you yesterday, I finally got to see on Sunday. I could watch every day for the rest of my life. There is such a great language to whodunits that I think Ryan Johnson nailed. Didn't anticipate being so attracted to Daniel Craig with his weird Foghorn Leghorn-esque accent, but here we are. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think it's a perfect movie theater film and also a very theatrical film. I laughed so often and fully and loved it so much. All right, I'm going to write these down and uh, see as many of them as possible. My brother really wants me to see Ready or Not. Oh, Um, I really really want to see. When when they were showing the trailer in theaters, I was really excited to see that, and I just haven't gotten to it yet. A lot of movies that I saw this year, I watched late in its run. The favorite I saw, I think, the day before the Oscars. Can you ever forgive me? I saw, like, six months late. (laughs) I saw Into the Spider-Verse really late. Just very preoccupied with TV and theater, apparently. Yeah, which seems seems applicable here. Yeah, always. So let's let's talk about TV, Ashley. Um, I have not yet watched Watchmen or Killing Eve Season 2. 
those will be on my list, I'm sure, once I see them, but I just have not made time to watch those yet. I I paused my current binge of Watchmen to do this recording. (laughs) Okay, good, 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 good. Um, I've heard great things. I can vouch for how perfect that is, but I'm... I think I'm at the halfway point, so I can okay. only give it an honorable mention. Watch it, though. Only yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah. It's on my Hulu queue for HBO, so I'll go watch it I'll eventually. See, there you go, yeah. Um, but the things that I've watched this year that I enjoyed the most, um, I've got them five to one, but whatever. Um, Good Place, <laughs> The Good Place yes, um, has been fantastic. Love it. Um, then I've got uh, the final season of Jane the Virgin. Everyone knows who's mm-hmm. listened to me for a while, whether on this You're show or fan. on Some Like It Pop. Love that show. The final season was a little wonky for me at times, yeah, me too. but but I love it nonetheless. Um, it is something that you just don't see on TV all that often, and for many many different reasons. And I love that. I, um, yeah, I wish I loved it as much as I loved the rest of the show. The final season that yeah, is. It, just, it wasn't as good. Yeah. I, the whole the forced stuff with Michael, it was uh-huh. it was too much. It felt so rushed. It could have been really interesting and devastating yeah. and fun simultaneously. It just it yeah and. F- it fell weird and short. And how they kind of made, how Raphael reacted to mm-hmm. it. Like it felt, it's, yeah. it's like, eh, I didn't love it. But yeah. that show is still super special and unique and I love it so much. Uh, the third one is a show that was on Freeform. It was a, it's actually a Marvel show, but it's so much not a Marvel show. It's called Cloak and Dagger. It was actually oh, canceled. Yeah. Because so much, uh, actually all of the Marvel TV shows were effectively canceled. They've closed the Marvel TV division and it's folded under the new, the film division that they're now in charge of the TV shows, which are mainly going to be on Disney plus. But anyway, it's called cloak and dagger. It follows these two young people, both in their early twenties, late teens, um, a, uh, a white girl who kind of comes from the wrong side of the tracks, who is a con artist and a, and a, and a petty thief. And then a, uh, a young black man who comes from a well-to-do private school mom's a lawyer kind of family and they have this connection that's actually run through their entire lives and they don't know it but when they get together uh, later in life they f- have these uh, magic powers that where the girl um can see people's hopes and she uses that to exploit people and then he, and then the guy can see people's fears but then when they come together they they have these really super weird powers he can teleport she can make weapons out of light it, but it's so deep it, it it had a whole second season about um human trafficking and all this stuff it was super not what you would expect a marvel tv show right, about yeah. about two pretty kids basically um in new orleans it it it, it so exceeded my my expectations. And this was the second season. Um, so it's the, the second season was in 2018. Season season two was in 18. I'm sorry. Season one was in 18. Season two was 19. So I'm really sad that it's not getting picked up or yeah. moved to Disney Plus, but it was really cool. Uh, so, they, okay. so, they, so they full out canceled it. It's not just moving to Disney yes, Plus. Yes. No. Uh, everything was canceled. And the Runaways, which was on yeah, Hulu, which yeah. I really liked as well. Um, actually, Cloak and Dagger are. For like all of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Cloak and Dagger are, are actually making an appearance in season yeah. three oh. of The Runaways. Um, so anyway, I love that show. It was super interesting and unique and visually very uh, compelling and interesting the way you don't normally see superhero shows be. But anyway, moving on. Uh, number two was Netflix's Russian Doll, yes. uh, which was so good, um, created by Natasha Leone, mm-hmm. Amy Poehler, and playwright extraordinaire Leslie Headland, who yes. has written a ton of really 
sharp, pointed, dark comedy plays, uh, which you might have seen over the years, um, including Assistance, Bachelorette, um, a lot of other things. But the show was basically taking the the Groundhog Day concept, except for it's not every day she wakes up. It's she every time she dies, she wakes up that same day. Uh, and it's her birthday, and it's so, so good. And there are, oddly, a ton of random playwrights that show up in there. I mean, not random because of, you know, uh, uh, of Leslie Headland's uh, appearance in there, but it's got, like, Jocelyn Bios in there, um, Stephen Adley Girgis is mm-hmm. in there, yeah. David Kale. Then you've got, like, Chloe Sevigny and Lilius White shows up. Um, and then just a bunch of like other random cool people, uh, Dasha Polanka, who's in the new In the Heights is in there as well. Uh, but super, super good, really compelling, uh, really enjoy that. And then number one on my TV shows is one that I feel really good about because I did not include it in my theater ones because I knew I was including it at the top of my TV list. And that is season, that is season two of, of Fleabag. Mm, yeah. I uh, Fle- <laughs> yeah. I, I normally probably would have included it in my, my theater ones, but I didn't want to be redundant and I had too much that I wanted to include. Um, but the season, second season from Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So good. I love genius. her. Everything she does. She is literally A the best. Damn genius. I bought two different people because they compiled the script for the show and put it into Fleabag the Scriptures into a book. And I got it oh, for so two, cool. two separate people for Christmas. <laughs> I was like, please watch, please read. And then got it for the person who turned me on to Fleabag. Everyone has to see Fleabag. If you haven't seen Fleabag. It was he, on Obama's even, list. I know. And he re- he was like, here are three shows that were as good as yeah, movies. Yeah. <laughs> which... Obama, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, there's is a, certainly one of them. There is certainly a scene in the first season that means, because if he watched the second season, he had to watch the first season. <laughs> and there yeah. is a very uncomfortable scene in the first season for Obama yeah. and uh, Michelle. That would be great. If, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, sure maybe not it. uncomfortable. Maybe yeah. they enjoyed it. I mean, I'm sure, whatever. he loved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, what do you have for your TV list? Yeah, I'm really bad at ranking things. I watch so much TV, just like nonstop when I'm working. If I'm working, the TV's on. And I'm watching TV. I got, like I said, I got to Fleabag late. Uh, it was as perfect as everyone said it was, and I am very due for a rewatch as soon as possible. That's probably my number one show of the year season two especially uh i just binged schitt's creek in about four days and just finished i think it got better with every episode which is an absolute rarity and i mean Catherine o'hara is always a brilliant comedic genius Russian Doll, absolutely. Killing Eve, which you said you haven't seen yet. I actually got to uh, talk about it for Backstage, why I think it was yeah. one of the best ensemble casts of the year. Yeah, I did Both- watch season one, not season two. Okay, good. Though. Yeah, okay. Which season one was done by Phoebe Waller-Bridge as well. Correct. Uh Russian Doll and Killing Eve, both are just so lush and sexy and feminine, and neither of which helped my long-standing crushes on Natasha Lyonne and Sandra Oh. (laughs) So, (laughs) excellent choices. But yeah, no, I mean, some of my favorites were Dead to Me, which was on Netflix, uh, Sex Education, which was on Netflix, Succession, wasn't 
necess- didn't end up necessarily where I was hoping it would go, but I mean, season three is coming up, so I'm still hold- holding out hope for that, and I do love it a lot. Barry with Bill Hader on HBO, which is amazing and very theatrical. Better Call Saul, which, if I mean, if you saw Breaking Bad and everyone saw Breaking Bad, though I don't know if you saw Breaking Bad. I did not. <laughs> oh my god. Mad. Well, Better it Call Saul is just no. I've watched. I have watched Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is not even my favorite show of all time, and I have watched it five times in entirety. So there you go about that. I think. I think the only thing that I've seen every episode for multiple times mm. might be Saved by the Bell. Yeah, what can you it. do about that? I the can't ver- do the multiple very, viewings. The very opposite of Breaking Bad. I think. I I I think I can make a comp- uh, an argument that there is actually more to compare between those shows oh, wow. than you would like. That can uh, be a, th- that can be a Patreon podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no one would listen. No one gives a crap about my TV musings. Oh, stop, but stop. anyway, all right. So let's go. Are you done? Yeah, I mean, okay, I, besides, to make sure. besides that, I just watched an aggressive amount of cooking shows and British panel shows. But right, that's and, a whole other and story. also making it. I love oh making God, it I love so making much. It. it is so just pure. And... It is the closest thing we have to the Great British Bake Off because the try to do right. an American version of it, and it's yes. just not the it's same. Fine. It's fine, but it's just not the same. Right. Making yeah. it, however, is just like joy personified. I love yes, it. I love it. Yeah. All right. So here is my theater stuff, Ashley. And obviously, I have a much more narrow window than you do, Mm. um, because you see probably more than I do by an, you know, know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a A lot. lot. There you go. (laughs) Um, But uh, here's the things that I were my favorites that I saw in the 2019 calendar year. I saw the musical Hundred Days. Uh, down at the Straz Center in Tampa. This was at the New York Theater Workshop, um, uh, the Under the Radar Festival in 2017, and then it did a complete off-Broadway run at New York Theater Workshop at the end of 2017. And then it actually did three months in Tampa at the Straz Center with the actual, the majority of the original cast. It was written by the Bingsons uh, and Sarah Gancher uh, and performed by the Bingsons along with a band. It was directed by Ann Kaufman and uh, movement direction by Sonia Taya. It is remarkable. It's a story about this the Bingsons, who are a real-life married couple. It's a story of the early days of their relationship and marriage um, and how, like, I think they got married within, like, two weeks of meeting or something or engaged two weeks in from meeting. But it was uh, really unique, really interesting, really compelling, um, and I loved it. And I have the cast album, and I've listened to it, uh, fairly regularly. It doesn't have the same vibe as seeing it on stage, which I think the best musicals don't, but um, mm. it was really, really good. So I, I loved that one. Uh, then I saw a local production here in Orlando of the play Gloria by Brandon Jacobs Jenkins. Um, the show played at the Vineyard in New York in 2015. This was probably one of the worst physical productions I've ever seen of a show in Orlando. Wow, okay. It was just, it was really, really bad. But the show was so well acted, so compelling. Um, I don't want to give too much of it away, but it, it's it's set in like just some random office, like open concept office. And, you know, one of the guys comes in hungover and doesn't really care. They're talking about, um, you know, how to get their like assistance for people and how to get promoted and all that stuff. Um, and then it takes a turn and it really kind of um, changes. And if you're familiar with Brandon Jacobs Jenkins work from like the Octoroon and stuff like that, 
um, super smart, super intelligent, and and I really, really enjoyed that, and I'm glad that I got a chance to see a really good production. Um, it was a finalist for the 2016 Pulitzer Prize, um, so it's a, a really, really compelling show if you're unfamiliar with it. Uh, then the the other three probably won't be a surprise to anybody who has listened to me throughout the year. Number three was The Prom. The Prom, if we're talking about mm, Joy personified with making yeah. it, I just love that show so much. So, much. so fun, so sweet. Um, number two, Seared. Uh, I loved Seared. I, I loved Krista Rodriguez. So I loved being eye level, like right there with oh, with Krista and Raul. And <laughs> the show was so good. And and I hope that there's another life for this, like all of um, Teresa's shows are regionally. Mm-hmm. I, I will be sad to see it without that cast, but I will love to see it anyway with another cast because it is just, it was so so good. And then my last uh, one here, my favorite experience in the theater in 2019 was seeing Hades Town in previews. Um, that show is just so electric. And again, like 100 Days, it's tough for that show to translate as well in cast album form because there's just such an energy from the cast. There's so much interesting going on with the choreography and the movement and the staging. Uh, but I loved seeing it. So if you haven't seen Hades Town, it's probably going to run for a long while. But I, I, I was talking to... Um, to 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 I won't name drop, but I will mm. on background drop. Oh, I was boy. talking to a an Emmy award winning friend of mine oh. uh, on Twitter or on uh, Instagram yesterday, and she was leaving a trip from New York. And I said, I said, you if she said she wanted next time she was in town, she wanted to see Hades. And I told her you you really should try to see mm-hmm, it before mm-hmm. the original cast leaves. Yes. I don't know how long they're going to stay, but seeing Amber Gray and Patrick Page, correct, uh, and Eva and 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 Reeve. And Andre, um, that's a special thing. And I'm sure whoever replaces them will be very good. But seeing that group um, is is pretty electric. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen it, go see it again. I'm going to, I'll be taking someone who hasn't seen it in January. So I can go see it a third time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very, I'm excited every single time I get to see it. Every single time I get to listen to it. I think it's just a perfect piece of theater, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so what do you have, Ash? All right, so this was surprisingly difficult because I ended the year seeing three great shows in a row with one and two, Halfway Bitches Go Straight to Heaven and Our Dear Dead Drug Lord. Both of those last two shows have absolutely incredible ensemble casts. Uh, One and two shook me so deeply deeply to the core that i spent the last 20 minutes of the show crying which never happens <laughs> it took me so long to get out of my seat for those who don't know there are three roles in the show and they revolve based on an audience vote at the beginning so anyone could be playing any of the three roles i wish i think it closes on january 20th i wish i had the chance to see all three actors uh jamil dobson leland fowler and edward mawir all of whom are just phenomenal in all combinations. That, surprisingly, was probably... That may have been my favorite show of the year. It's Again, it's hard for me to rank. Another definite top was Fairview at Soho Rep, which I actually saw because you were supposed to see it. <laughs> which, apologies, Oops. but thank yeah, you. You're welcome. And that was, you know, this year's Pulitzer Prize winner, and rightfully so. There's not enough that could possibly be said about it there's no words to do it justice i keep wanting to buy it and read it though but i think it's such a stage piece that it needs to be seen and heard especially with the ending the 
you know, originally we started doing a top three list and then we went to a top five list, which is probably for the best because I think my other, you know, one to three are so ever changing. I mean, we talked about Hades Town. I've talked about what the Constitution means to me in depth. And I mean, slave play, those three were, in my opinion, and without question, the strongest pieces that were on Broadway this past year. The fact that New York Theatre Workshop has become such an impressive and vital incubator is something we should always be talking about. All three of those shows started off-Broadway, and they all feel very much like off-Broadway shows to me. Still, yeah, and, that... and throw in 100 Days, that was in yeah, my list, absolutely, too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Just with the level of intimacy and the daring of the material that they all have. Uh, off, and then, you know, going strictly to off-Broadway, there's, you know, Best Foles, Make Believe, Tina Sater's Is This a Room, Alexa Shears, Our Dear Dead Drug Lord. You and I have both talked about our love uh, for Seared and for Soft Power, which I also just yeah. love so it, much. Cannot it would have been in my wait. next round, yeah. Yeah, just can't wait for the cast recording so I can listen to it again. At the very least, I would love to see it. In some, I, I we've we've talked about whether it could be a Broadway show or not. I don't think it could be a Broadway show. I kind of hope it doesn't become a Broadway show because I feel like most people are not going to know what to do with it. But I'm going to play it to death when it comes out. That's all I know. But I think you know one and two in Fairview are definitely my top two. And then those other three are interchangeable. I, I think it's a testament to the fact that all the best work is coming out of Off-Broadway. And, you know, an honorable mention for A Strange Loop, which I listen to as often as possible, but I didn't get to see on stage. So I'm hoping that's one of the Off-Broadway shows that actually makes it to Broadway. Yeah, that was another one of those that I was supposed to see on my abruptly canceled trip. So uh, yeah. don't rub that one in either. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, so, all right. So if you haven't seen these things, folks, whether they're stage or screen properties, uh, these come with the highest of recommendations that Ashley and I can give you. Several Let us are know still what on you're... stage in New York, too. Yeah, absolutely. And on TV and on streaming on services, yep, too. Yep, yep, yep. So let us know what your favorites were on social media. And uh, I look forward to finally maybe watching some TV or movies in, I don't know, 2025. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get to like Parasite then. So that'll be good. Oh, I want to see that one. I've heard that's great. Oh my God, Matt. Yeah, so good. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. We will not have an episode on January 1st uh, because it's January 1st. It's January 1st, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what we'll do the rest of the week, but we will keep you apprised if there's any news. I There will probably be even less news than there was these last two days. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there is something worth bringing to you, we will bring it to you. If not, we will talk to you on Monday. I think we'll probably have something in the next two days, I just or the next few days, but I can't guarantee exactly when or what. Happy right. New Year! Happy, have a great, safe New Year. Don't forget to uh, use an Uber or designated driver or something. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, Have a great New Year's and we'll talk to you soon.